0: Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5GB data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Welcome to Pod Save America, I'm John Favreau.
1: I'm John Lovett. I'm Tommy Vitor.
0: In studio today, we are very lucky to have the co-captain of the World Cup champion United States National Women's Soccer Team, Megan Rapino. Oh
2: my goodness. <laughs> I'm for myself. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks
0: for being here. I know it's been a
1: busy day for you.
2: Oh my god, of course. This is like the highlight. All the other stuff, like, you know, they, they make you do, but... Like, oh. this one I want to do. Well, that's so nice of you. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> that
2: means so much. Bye. It's
3: literally the most excited our team has ever been. Uh, most people don't show up every day, and there's like 60 people out there to greet you and, and cheer, so this is um <laughs> Most awesome. people just
2: don't even come into the office. You would be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> we
3: took a photo with Hick and Looper, did not get the same response. <laughs> yeah, just a couple people short. Um, can we geek out about soccer for a minute? Yeah, let's geek Just out. be fans. Let's go. Can we talk about the, the pose? Yes. This is great radio. I'm doing, uh, yeah. it was the post France. <laughs> you all know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it a couple times, I think, um, in my research. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Because it looks like a statue. I'm looking at a, a I, Degas. There's I like know. a sense of motion.
2: I don't know where it came from. I did it before the World Cup once um, against Australia in yeah. Denver. Yeah, that was the, the first and I think the only non-World Cup pose. Yeah. Um, I think it was just like a big moment in the game. It was kind of a big game for us in the lead up. Um, They were obviously one of the contenders, you know, to win the whole thing. And we took the lead and I was just like, yes, I did this. One
3: of the most iconic sports photos of all
1: time.
2: I know. And now it's really taken on a life of its own.
1: It's cool to find a new arm movement. You'd think they'd all be taken, but you found a new one. Yeah. To make your own. That in and of itself is an accomplishment. And without
2: like a, there's no like, and it's just kind of like yes.
0: It's
1: cool. I don't know.
0: How do you deal with the pressure and expectations that are on you walking into that final game, not just as a player, but as an advocate, as someone who just got attacked by the President United <laughs> States? Like, how do you get everything out of your head and just sort of focus on the game?
2: You know what's funny? I don't think I try to get everything out. I don't yeah, I don't think that's ever really been Um, my approach, even just on the field. Like sometimes things are going through my head or I have a song stuck in my head or I'm like, I can hear the crowd or I can hear specific people in the crowd. Um, I don't think it's ever worked for me to just like be in the zone. I Uh think I don't want to be alone in there. That's that's terrifying. (laughs) Um, So I think I just like always have kind of a lot going on in there and we always have pressure on us and there's always a million things going on. I call ourselves the traveling circus at all times, whether it's in a World Cup or not. So I think even though it is elevated, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just try to roll with it and we live this ridiculously good, fun, amazing life. So a little more pressure, I guess, is not too bad.
1: Why are the male players all (laughs) so (laughs) hot?
2: They are all hot, I know. It's
1: weird. It is weird.
2: I don't know what it is. It's the, the metrosexuality of men's soccer, maybe.
1: Yeah, they are. They all they all put yeah, themselves together. There's very no bears well. in there. No. None. No, they're very they're very they're, they're very live.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
1: Did I take this off the rails? No, that's a good <laughs> no. question. Honestly, yeah. I've been wondering we the same thing. Probably further into that. So you just and something I. to think about. Yeah. Something had- to dive into later. Mm-hmm. You did
3: a lot of research on this yeah, point. Sounds, um, like,
2: sounds like you dove in already.
3: <laughs> you guys had this big win. You came back. You did this awesome uh, event yesterday in New York. You shut down the motherfucking city, as you said. Um, but the speech itself was this really cool call to arms for citizenship, I felt like. Like you said, you're more than someone who tunes in every four years. And you called on uh, the the fans to make their communities better, step outside yourself, be bigger, be better. Like what made you... Turn that moment into something so big that was about more than just that game.
2: I think honestly, there's been a, like a, a little bit of a shift in my messaging just since we got back. almost. I think there's been, as you guys know, so much fighting and contention, um, and we're just fighting all of the time, fighting against you know our federation and fighting against society and all of us. And like, I'm just sick of the fighting. Like it's exhausting. I don't want to do that anymore. And I don't think anyone really wants to do that. And I don't think we're getting anywhere quickly doing it like that um so it's kind of just I guess uh the next step of it I think that that the fight is important but then it's like you can't just sort of swing in the air forever so this feels like the next step what can everyone do um I think sometimes people feel totally overwhelmed especially in the last few years with this um, you know, current political climate and cultural climate. You just—it's like it's exhausting all the time. But maybe if you just do one small thing each day, that can sort of help change. And then just try to get it down to a little bit more granular than than trying to change the world all at one time.
0: Um, so you were one of the first white athletes to join Colin Kaepernick in kneeling during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's a decision that comes with uh, no small amount of risk. Yeah. How did you sort of weigh that, those risks and, and ultimately make the decision to do that?
2: Well, if you know me at all, you know I don't weigh risks <laughs> <laughs> no. at that's all cool. or that's think cool. ahead before I do that's pretty awesome. much anything. That's, yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, it all came about very quickly. Obviously, I um, you know paid attention to sports and the news, so I knew what was happening, had seen a number of interviews by him. Um, And it just resonated um, very deeply and very strongly with me. And it was sort of one of those things It was like, what do you do about police brutality in this country? Like, what am I going to do about something so um, ingrained as just me um, who doesn't have time to, like, um, you know, get in there and make policy and be, you know, whatever. So that just in that moment, um, I just felt like we had a game coming up and it was kind of I think maybe the night before. I just was kind of thinking about it, and I'm like, this is, like, something that you should do. Um, and I just kind of just did it.
0: Have you have you always been politically active, politically interested, like, your whole life? Or is this something that happened over the last couple of years since Trump was elected? Or was it—
2: no, I think, it, I mean, especially since college, mm-hmm. um, I think much more. I was raised in uh, Redding, California, which is pretty, um, you know, rural, small town, very conservative. Yeah. And then went to Portland, Oregon for college. Um, and I feel like my world just got That's different. completely blown <laughs> yeah, apart. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, first realized I was gay. Awesome.
1: Did you not realize you were gay till you got to Portland? Yes. That happens to people.
2: It it was actually <laughs> embarrassing big, looking back, yeah. like... Not to stereotype pictures, but straight bowl cut, s- cut the sleeves off everything. Didn't wear a shirt till I was 12. I was like, you know, just such a little, like, baby butch back then. And I, like, looked back. As soon as I found out, I was like, no one told me. Did this say tomboy? is tomboy? This is the biggest betrayal. Did yeah. they call you tomboy? Yeah. And I was like, you're damn right, tomboy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, going to port, I feel like my whole world just got opened up um, then. So I kind of started to pay attention more. Um, But definitely as I've gotten older and then I think being on the team, um, the team has always kind of been political. I think we have to. I think female athletes just in general, um, especially gay female athletes, we're we're just political just for being who we are. So it kind of makes sense. But
3: is it weird that, I mean, I feel like, in America, we think that freedom of speech doesn't always extend to athletes for some reason, right? Like LeBron James is told to shut up and dribble, I know. right? Brandy Chastain was told not to celebrate how she wanted to, mm. right? Like, Why do you think that is? And is that a, another impediment to speaking out as an athlete?
2: I don't know why that is because it's like some of the, the biggest like cultural shifts and change makers in our history have, have been athletes. And as a culture that's obsessed with celebrity in particular, athlete celebrity, it's it's amazing that we don't sort of lean on those people more um to to kind of help shape and shift culture as it is. Um and I think a lot of athletes don't feel comfortable doing that. They feel like there's so much on the line and this is their one chance to Mm -hmm. live their dream and um I mean rightfully so. I mean I think you Colin Kaepernick obviously the the perfect example of that. Right now, um, you know, they took everything away from him on on purpose just to silence his message. So I think athletes feel a Um, a fear of doing it. Um, But it's actually very liberating too.
1: do. So part of this is, you know, what it means, you know, there's the criticism I think you've gotten a lot of that that people like Colin Kaepernick have gotten a lot of is, can't you just leave politics off the field? Right. Um, But do you? Have you ever felt like you wanted to do that? Just literally just play the game and leave politics out of the field? Or does that Is it possible for you to participate in sports without commenting on the ways in which being an athlete as a a gay woman changes what it means to play in sports?
2: It's impossible. It's totally impossible for me to do that. Um, And I think really for any athlete, it's such a cross-section of society so often. So in that sense, I think it doesn't feel exhausting. I think a lot of people ask, like, how do you sort of manage both? And it's like, this is just normal, normal life, and it doesn't feel... Exhaust. It would be exhausting to not talk about it because then you constantly have this thing that's there that you're sort of pushing to the side um, and not talking about. Uh, but I don't think it's, it's possible for me as a, as a gay female athlete to leave politics to the side.
0: When you said to 8 by 8 I'm not going to the fucking White House, did you have any idea what that would lead to?
2: <laughs> no Was it, uh, at at yeah, it was totally planned um, <laughs> no it's sort of it was like uh, the jersey unveil and it was kind of it was like a you know behind the scenes um, sort of moment and I think I wasn't expecting it to blow up because I think it's I've may have said it before I would never go to the White House in this administration or it was just pretty obvious that I would never go so I didn't think it would be a thing I mean I guess you throw the F word in there and everyone freaks out a little bit um <laughs> I do use it a lot. I need mean, maybe yeah. tone it down a little Us bit. We do a like, few times I know, it's like, <laughs> it's just in my normal flow, so I then know. I get <sighs> in these public moments yeah. and I'm, you know, screaming motherfucker in the middle of New York City on, like, cable television. And Blasier's like, you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> the, culture <laughs> like, the, culture's a, the culture's a
1: mess. It's not the problem. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah like, right, I'm of like, like, it's fine.
2: You it's fine. Least of our concern. Um, but no, I did not think that it would um, blow up into the the president tweeting me.
0: What so, was that like? To, what was <laughs> L-O-L. that like when you? How did you find out? Like, oh, the president just tweeted about me.
2: Um, uh from our press officer, uh-huh. um, with the team. I don't actually go <laughs> on Twitter all that much. Um, Smart. And I don't have any like notifications or anything like that Smart, on because yeah. it that would just like totally drive me nuts. Um, so I found. So I had to actually go look because he had sort of referenced something, and I was like, oh no. And this so we have a. A good relationship. We've obviously had a lot of media incidents to to handle <laughs> between all of us. So I was like, Oh dear, she did it again. What happened? Yeah, Keep but cheating. I mean,
1: like,
3: no one could be able to predict that our president is such a petty child that he views every issue through the prism of if you're mean or not mean to him. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you guys are world class athletes representing the United States of America. You'd think you could take a little insult, but no, not with this guy.
2: It wasn't even an insult. Is that an insult? I mean, I guess. No well. Uh,
1: he, this. Yeah, I, guess. I mean, yeah, it's an insult. Okay, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna go yeah. to the fucking white house while this joker is in there. Yeah. I I would take that personally. <laughs> That's true. If okay. you said oh party at, you know a party at a party at Love's house right. over my dead fucking body yeah. <laughs> oh I'd say that hurt Hell my feelings. No. So he also did tweet that he was gonna invite you anyway, turning sure what did. used to be an honor into quite a threat. Yeah. Um, How's that played out? (laughs) Yeah. You've been threatened to go to uh, the seat of American power. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Force feed you Big Macs like a.
2: Yeah. I know. The one downside Um, of winning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, it's been oddly silent. Um, And this is the the preferred mode of communication um, for the president of the United States with all things in the world. Right. So it's not like there was like a you know another medium that he's using. That I'm just um, yeah, like meeting missing.
0: Kim Jong Un at the DMZ,
1: inviting you <laughs> right. to the White House. It's all yeah, in the it's, same it's medium, same all deal.
2: One yeah. in the same. Um,
1: <laughs> but there's been no official invite yet.
2: Um, not publicly. I think that there has been some reaching out from um, the White House and from Congress and um, and everybody um, to the Federation, but there's nothing public out there yet. Uh, From the White House.
0: Pots of America is brought to you by Lunabar, the first nutrition bar for women. Lunabar is so proud of the players of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. That makes two of us, Lunabar. Lunabar has a heritage of championing and supporting strong women who stand up for their worth. And they have been relentless in the fight for equality
1: and raising awareness around the gender pay gap. Can you champion and not support something? And can you support something and not champion it?
3: Mm, I don't know.
1: When Lunabar learned that the U.S.
0: women's national soccer team world champions would make $31,250 less than the men in their World Cup roster bonus, they knew they had to do something. So Lunabar literally leveled the playing field by giving each of the 23 women named to the 2019 U.S. Women's World Cup team the $31,250 what? difference to wow. make their roster bonus equal to the men's. A total of $718,750 donation. Good for you, Lunabar. That's, That's amazing. great. Why? It was simply because they deserved it. Money where your mouth is, Luna Bar. Luna applauds everything that the entire team has done to help give women their rightful voice. These athletes are not only champions, they are role models and equality advocates paving the way for women and girls everywhere. And Luna is thrilled to be a part of this chance to hear more from Megan Rapino on Pod Save America.
1: That's right. That's right, folks. This is a specific ad for this specific episode. <laughs> That's right. The U.S. Women's National Soccer Team World
0: Cup victory is not only a celebration of soccer, it's a celebration of the future of equality. Because Lunabar believes equality can't wait for someday. And thanks to Megan and the players of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, someday is now.
1: Someday is now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Talk about one of the relationships you're proudest of in your life and how you worked on yourself or the relationship to make it what it is today. I go to Starbucks every morning and I have Mm -hmm. a great relationship uh, with the people who work there. And that's, that's, that's that's where I feel like going today. I love that. (laughs) They keep refusing to come with me to therapy. And so I'm going to have to just do it from FaceTime there. And your therapist won't make you a good coffee. No, that's what they say. You know, you You don't go to therapy for the coffee. You don't go to coffee for therapy, right? That's what they say. It's like museum
3: food. That's what they say.
1: A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right stuff. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Right, Tommy? Damn right. Like you and me. That's right. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships. Hey, we should have gotten therapy in 2018. Whether they're friends, work, your significant other, or anyone, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Become your own soulmate. Whether you're looking for one or not, visit BetterHelp.com PSA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot PSA.
3: There has been like universal, I think, outrage at the fact that you and your teammates are underpaid, considering that you are the greatest in the world at doing something. Should we, as allies in this cause, be less focused on the disparity between you and the men's team when we talk about it and just talk about the fact that you make the Federation a ton of money and you deserve like a proportional share of that? Like, what's the best way for people to fight for you?
2: Yeah, I do think the compensation piece is talked about too much. It is a it it's a it's a complex argument. Our, our pay structure is different. Um, we play different games. We're different rankings in the world. Like it's just apples to oranges. But I think what isn't different is. Investment in the teams, the care which with the teams are, um, you know, thought about whether that's branding, marketing, um, you know, how much money is put in the coaching staff, how much money is put into the whole program, making it better into the youth teams, into the way we travel and the way we stay. All of that, I think, should just be across the board the same until until we have all of that the same and have those conversations. The compensation piece is kind of like the very last part of it. So like why is it acceptable for all of these years that, you know, they're just spending less in investment to grow the game on the women's side than they are the men's side, especially since the federation is a nonprofit?
0: Yeah. What are your next steps on the fight for equal pay? What's uh what's coming up?
2: Um Mediation has been agreed upon, so yeah. that will be set. I think once all of the the dust settles a little bit from the World Cup, or at least people get back to um, get back to their inboxes and start doing emails again, um, we'll we'll sit down with them. I guess start to try to hash out. this out. Yeah, should be interesting. Fun. <laughs> should, should be so much fun. <laughs> like I love mediation. I mean, yeah, it, sh- it should be interesting.
3: I think like a lot of our listeners love you, love the national team, like they want to support all of you guys and everything you do, but they don't know the best way to do it, you know, uh, in an off year, not an Olympic year or World Cup year. Like what can they do if you're listening right now to support the women's national team, to support women's soccer in the U.S.?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we have a league that we play in um, for five or six months out of the year. So buy season tickets, give them to your friends, tell your friends and family, support that way. And that really helps support Um, you know, a much larger pool of, of female athletes. There's only 23 players that were on the national team and we have nine teams in the league and there's hundreds of players that play um, who, I mean, I think the minimum salary this year is $15,000 for six months. So who are basically (laughs) paying the teams to play. Um, So you can go and watch, watch those games, watch on TV, Um, go to national team games, tell, tell everyone that you know about it, buy jerseys. Wear jerseys to work.
3: We're all wearing jerseys. I had this already. All, yeah, I had this
1: I had this for such a long time. I always wear this jersey. And <laughs> I wear soccer jerseys constantly. This is definitely not the second time I've worn a soccer jersey since I was five years old and cried <laughs> because I wanted to go home and do math. <laughs> so already there. <laughs> so yeah. And then he became it. a math major. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then, yeah, it worked amazing. out okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> a
0: lot of commentators noted that um, Fourth of July weekend, there was this split screen, right? So, like Trump's idea of patriotism is his celebration on the Mall with a bunch of tanks. Yeah, I
2: didn't actually get to like actually really see it. Yeah, I had been like reading in in um, kind of in the lead up of it all, and I was like, oh god, how's this going? It was a bunch of
0: tanks and Republican donors. (laughs) That was that was the Fourth (laughs) of July in Washington. And then you know on the other side there's there's you and the team. And what patriotism means to all of you. And a lot of people said, well, that's real patriotism. Have you, has has this given you opportunity to think about patriotism, what it means, how you think about it, how you define it?
2: Um, Yeah, I I think I first started thinking about patriotism um, after I knelt. Um, Because I actually did not think that the reaction was going to be anywhere near as bad as it was. I feel like I thought that me being an ally in that way would, would sort of help move the conversation maybe forward and, and sort of bring people together more. Right. If they see someone like me doing it, someone looks like me, my color skin, maybe a woman, a gay woman, it's like, okay, I get it. It all sort of makes sense. Um, that didn't happen. That was, (laughs) wow. Misread that one. America in 2019. Pretty severely. (laughs) Um, but I felt like I was being super patriotic. I feel like I'm super patriotic. um, Uh, You know, if we want to, you know, be this big, bad country and have, you know, be the superpower and be leading the way in everything, and then we're just not doing that at home. I don't think that that's patriotism. That's not cool.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like loving your country is being confident enough to uh, know that it needs to change. Right. A little
2: self-reflection, a little self-help. It's always good. Look inwards. Um, Yeah. And I don't think criticizing your country, um, you know, is bad. I don't understand why people make think that makes us look weak in any way. I think being vulnerable in that way um, makes us look strong and then we can actually get rid of that problem and then move on to the next one and then we're even stronger. So I don't get it.
1: So you have become a household name. You've become someone incredibly famous very quickly and someone who people put a lot onto, right? You represent women's sports. You represent gay people. uh, You represent liberals In the culture now, do you feel any pressure now different from what you felt before just to win on the field to be this ambassador uh, for a whole bunch of different groups of people?
2: I felt that this World Cup, we had a lot of pressure for a lot of different reasons. I felt like if we didn't win, we would still be celebrated and it would be good Um, but not, you know, the sort of monumental change that I think is happening at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm still digesting it all. I almost have 2 million Instagram followers. Wow. From up from 500,000 as as winning the world cup. I mean,
1: (laughs) because here's the thing, the world cup doesn't like you when you put a photo up. Nope. It just says, see you later.
2: It says see you in four years. Yeah, these are likes that are going to happen every day. So next step for you is
0: Instagram influencer. Yeah. Yeah. So brands, if you're listening.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Did you feel like you were adding pressure? I mean, you did like this incredibly baller thing as to say, if we win the World Cup, we're going to say fuck you to Donald Trump. And there were a lot of people that, uh, speaking of patriotism, decided to root against you for that. You kind of, and then you went out and you did it anyway. Called your shot. That was cool. Mm. <laughs> There's like that like Babe Ruth pointed somewhere. That's, there you they go. Did. You know, he yeah. pointed out. So that's what, out, was, that's so what, that's what, what you did. To. You did you you were the babe Ruth of telling Donald Trump to go fuck himself. <laughs> we got a title. Yes. So that's cool. I've been looking
2: but, for a book title. But did you did you <laughs> <laughs>
1: But did did you did you know in that moment that you were also gonna be creating more pressure in an already high pressurized situation, that now you've added this added thing of if we win, we'll have like made a point to the president of the United States?
2: I think because it happened mid-tournament and we were sort of already in the mode and we have so much pressure already. And like the first game, we already had controversy over the celebrating. and
3: That was so dumb.
2: Uh, I know. I'm just come like, on. you guys, really? Yeah. Is this what we're talking about? We're it's, winning. F- we're it's it's cool. totally we winning. We're scoring. It's fine. It's totally do. That's what you yeah. do. When you- we do end zone yeah. dances. Yeah. Right? We have a dunk. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, why, want, do we, why do we got to be picked apart about it?
1: They don't want America to score the most goals and be super pumped about it. They shouldn't have let us in the sport. You know what exactly. I mean? It's
2: Don't allow very, us to play. You,
1: you know, very, yeah. uh, very up upper lip shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Oh, no, we're going to only score the goals we need. No. Yeah,
2: no, we're not. We're definitely not. So I think because it happened like it did, and we were already in the moment, it was already just wild as it could be, and there's, there's no more pressure that you could put on. It's like you have to win the World Cup in spectacular fashion. <laughs> What else is more than (laughs) that? Not even Donald Trump is is more pressure than that. But (laughs) I think it was a little, it actually happened at a good time within like the cycle of our games as well because we had a few days in between before the game. So we were able to like digest it and address it. I addressed it like kind of head on in the press conference and then it was just sort of put away. And then, yeah, we played in the craziest, craziest game. That game against France was amazing. The atmosphere was like nothing I've ever experienced yeah that's
3: so cool uh so you are you might have noticed there's a primary happening on the democratic side there's like 35 people running i know you are going to be the most wanted surrogate in the history of presidential politics (laughs) is anyone interesting anybody making a couple phone calls Uh, Mayor, mayor pete on line one elizabeth warren on line two
2: yeah um I think that there has been um, interest a little bit. I have not heard directly, um, but I think maybe once the the dust settles a little bit, because I want to pick the winner.
1: (laughs) Right. You know? Yeah, you don't want to be stuck with Uh, someone uh, who just collapses. Yeah. That's going to be really (laughs) embarrassing. Are you worried at all that uh, dancing with Bill de Blasio is bad for your brand? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: Definitely. He was on my float four years ago, um, and he was on it again this year. I thought, man, yeah, I hope he doesn't drag us down.
0: The even funnier thing, better thing, about your speech yesterday was when you, like, Governor Cuomo, is that it? (laughs) Cuomo?
2: It's
1: Cuomo? Cuomo. Cuomo.
0: Yeah, they all need to hear it. Whatever.
3: That
1: was, honestly... You not knowing Cuomo's name in front of Bill De Blasio was the happiest moment <laughs> of that. It all goes life. down
0: here, downhill from here. Yeah, from him. that's the race, That is everything. else. ever happened to him yesterday. Um, oh, we have goodness. to get you to uh, to Jimmy Kimmel. So we will <laughs> <laughs> we will we will leave you. Uh, thank you so much for for joining us today oh, and for coming God. here. This is Thanks this is the highlight man. of most people who yeah. uh, most people who work here. This is yeah. the
1: highlight right here. Yeah, this is pretty good. I
2: have to say, um, you guys were vital in. My preparation and readiness for the World Cup. Music has no longer um, can no longer be a motivation for me in my workouts. I'm just like, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I already know the song. I can't listen to music. I need something like to take me totally away from my workouts. So, like literally eighty percent of my workouts, I listen to you guys in the podcast. It's long too, so I can like get through the whole thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're working on that. We're abreast
2: of the news and um, keep myself woke, and keep myself educated. And, oh. you um, like, so yes. like, is shit at the gym? You're like, instead this, of music, yes.
0: what would really pump me up is a Dan Pfeiffer, <laughs> Paul Reiner. <Ryan hit. laughs> yes, That's yes. what I need right Seriously. now. Seriously.
2: <laughs> like, I wow. just, I love it. You, you guys delivered um, the news in such an easy way to digest and learn. You're so smart, you're so entertaining. Um, so thank you for that. Oh. Otherwise, it's like, I probably wouldn't have been prepared and then, like, Donald Trump trouble be like, see, I told her. <laughs> She's trying to win.
1: Do we get that in close-up? <laughs> it's the best thing that's ever happened we to gotta, us. We're going to pump so that really out you there guys in the won world. the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, we won the World yeah. fucking Cup. Yeah, you
2: did.
0: Megan Rapinoe, thank you for being here. Congratulations again. Thanks. You're the best. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule Damn. is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. You, know, you, know, you Have know you what been able to the...
1: squeeze that special thing into your schedule, John?
0: Yeah, that's I think it's thanks to therapy. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Mm-hmm.
1: More time for you. I, uh... You know, because we've been doing what a weekday, mm-hmm. I actually put that in my therapy spot. You know, I I replaced therapy with doing an extra podcast. Mm. It was a huge mistake. So, uh, what do you spend time doing in therapy now? Well, now I brought therapy back. I okay, added therapy good, back good. to good. another time because
0: uh, it turns out talking that's about- going to make the jokes better. <laughs>